0: fans welcome to modern musicology and guess what this week
1: is just
0: me and Anthony Anthony what's going on
1: what's up how are you I'm good thank you I'm good I'm happy to be here and ready to talk oh yeah
0: Stephanie and Rob both have other engagements so they are not with us which means mommy and daddy are out of the house and the kids are going to throw a party. Yes, we are. We're going to rage. Rage. And this week we are talking about, and we're a, we're a few weeks late on this. Everybody else has covered this already, but that's okay. We're going to get into it. This week we are talking about the Rolling Stone list of the 250 greatest guitarists of all time. And... I think it's safe to say we both have got some stuff to say about this list. Yes, absolutely. It's going to be interesting to hear uh, each other's thoughts on this. And hopefully, we'll get some chime in from some of the audience who also have thoughts about this list. And if you do, you can just email us at Modern Musicology1 at gmail, or you can just drop a comment anywhere you see our post, socials, or wherever. All right. So to set this up, I am going to give the first word on this whole thing to Rolling Stone. This is from the introduction to the list. This is like a little five paragraph intro, and I'm going to read the second and third paragraph because I think it's very interesting and it kind of gives you a sense of where they're going with this list. Rolling Stone published its original list of the 100 Greatest Guitarists in 2011. It was compiled by a panel of musicians, mostly older classic rockers. Our new expanded list was made by the editors and writers of Rolling Stone. This one goes to 250. So right there, they're telling you, we are not going to let the musicians (laughs) establish this list anymore because we don't like what they did the first time. (laughs)
1: And heaven forbid that people who actually play music for a living and know what a good guitarist is should have any say in this list.
0: Yes. Now, even at 250, there are a lot of things that probably should be represented on this list that aren't. And this is a little bit of where they're going. This is the third paragraph. Guitar players are often as iconic as lead singers for bands they play in. But mythic guitar gods like Jimmy Page, Brian May, and Eddie Van Halen are only part of the story. We wanted to show the scope of the guitar's evolution. The earliest entrant on the list, folk music icon Elizabeth Cotton, was born in 1893. The youngest, indie rock prodigy Lindsay Jordan, was born in 1999. The list has rock, jazz, reggae, country, folk, blues, punk, metal, disco, funk, bossa nova, rumba, flamenco, and much more. There are peerless virtuosos like Pat Metheny, Yvette Young, and Steve Vai, as well as primitivists like Johnny Ramone and Poison Ivy of the Cramps. There are huge stars like Prince, Joni Mitchell, and Neil Young and behind the scenes masters like Memphis soul great, Teenie Hodges and smooth rock assassin, Larry Carlton. So one of the things that I think this list does really well is it covers a spectrum of guitar playing and guitar players from all different backgrounds, all different genres, all different nationalities and cultures. And I think that in that sense, this is a very successful list. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. I can see what they were doing. I also think with Rolling Stone, and we've seen this in previous lists we've talked about, there's almost this desire to be a little bit controversial, to get people talking about it and to keep their name out there in the public consciousness and to keep Rolling Stone relevant. Honestly, I'm going to say about this what I said, I think, about a previous list where I think most, if not quite all of these artists deserve to be on here for Mm -hmm. one reason or the other, maybe a few are questionable, but, you know, let's say 90% deserve to be on this list. Yeah. I would say where I disagree is where a lot of these artists end up in the ranking.
0: Yeah. And for me, I wasn't really that worried about placement on the list. I mean, let's just, let's just get into it. The list begins with Andy Summers of the police at number 250, like there's 249 guitarists that they think are better than Andy. And he was only just good enough to barely squeak into the list. Yeah, that's nuts. But at the same time, he's on the list and that's fine. You know, there's a lot of people that I really dig that are kind of like way down in the ones and two hundreds, you know, and that's OK. I mean, I'm not that bothered by it. You know, it's in a lot of cases, some of the people that I think should have been on the list that aren't there in favor of some other people that might not should have been on the list. Like, as you say, there are some questionable
1: entries. Yeah. As I said, I think about 90 percent, I would say, deserve to be on the list. hmm.
0: Oh, sure. And you know, what's interesting is that a lot of times when they do these lists, it's not just about proficiency, it's about influence. It's about changing the course of, you know, the progression of the instrument or of a genre of music or whatever. And there are ones on here that I don't think fit any of those criteria. So it's interesting that in their, in their introduction to this list, they don't really say anything about criteria. They don't really say, you know, we are looking for proficient guitar players. We're looking for technical excellence. We're looking for, you know, lead players. I mean, there are people who are only rhythm guitar players, and that's good because I think that that's an important role that gets overlooked a lot. But it's just weird that they don't really specify how or why they rank the things that they rank. And there are people who I just don't, you don't think of
1: initially as guitar
0: players. I don't know. Should they be there?
1: Yeah. And I think not giving criteria was fairly deliberate. Oh, of course. Because it makes it a lot harder for people to disagree with it when there's no actual criteria. If you say we're rating this solely on technical ability, you can say, you know. Like Johnny Ramone. Yeah, is Johnny Ramone really better than Steve Vai? No, fuck off. Of course he's not. (laughs) Right. Like, you know, I Uh, I would definitely argue I don't think, uh, I don't think Johnny Ramone is uh, top 50. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah. In, In any criteria, I don't think he's top 50. Yeah.
0: And, you know, part of it is they're writing on the influence and the importance of the band that these people are in or maybe on the strength of the songs that they've written, not necessarily strictly guitar playing. So they do have a very weird method of putting that. And it's also very balanced, you know, like the people that you would think of at the top of the list are interspersed with a lot of people that you don't think of as the top of the list. You know, I mean, I'm not saying that Chuck Berry should not be on this list. He absolutely should be. But in the top five. I don't know.
1: I don't know. And I look at someone like Niall Rogers, who comes in at seventh. And yeah. I love Niall Rogers. I think he has been involved in a lot of great music. Yeah. But I think of him, I think of his impact in production. Yes. Rather than necessarily guitar playing. So should he be top 10 in 250 greatest producers? Absolutely. Top 10 in 250 greatest guitarists? Eh, questionable
0: yeah and you know i mentioned that i'm i'm not too worried about uh individuals placement on the list but in this case this is one of the ones that i absolutely had sort of highlighted and that is that nile rogers is at number seven and prince is 14. now i think it's important to represent african-american artists as guitar players, and both of them absolutely deserve a place on this list. And again, as you say, I love Nile Rodgers, and I have an enormous amount of respect for him, but better than Prince? I mean, Prince is one of those players. First of all, he can play any instrument you give him and play it proficiently. Second of all, as a guitar player, he can play any style. He He can play technically fast. He can play slow and emotive. He is just an incredibly gifted musician. And Niall is too, but a better guitar player than Prince. I, I'm, I'm not sure about that.
1: Yeah, that again, their lack of criteria. Yeah. It makes me think that they are taking in things beyond the guitar playing. And again, Niall Rogers, he's an amazing, amazing producer. And I'm going to keep harping on this because I feel like this really is an example of where they have let his work beyond his guitar playing influence this. Mm -hmm. And I thoroughly, thoroughly disagree with that placement. I think he, again, I think he deserves a place on the list. Yeah. But he's not top 10.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. I remember, I think it was, I think it was you when the list first came out and we first started looking at it and you were like, oh, number one is Hendrix. Boring. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, predictable, definitely.
1: Absolutely. Extremely, extremely predictable. Yeah. And I get it. I mean, his guitar playing is hugely, hugely influential. You know, he really transformed how the instrument was played, particularly as a lead instrument. Mm-hmm. It's just predictable. <laughs> I mean, it's hard to argue against beyond just saying, yeah, I... I what are you adding to this? Like, <laughs> I feel like every list ever has probably put, if not number one, Hendrix is normally top three. Oh, yes. Yeah, definitely. And usually one.
0: And it's almost like
1: you're expected to do that, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting. Cause it feels like they have gone out of their way to court controversy on some of these choices. But oh, yet sure. they've gone for something so conventional as putting Hendrix as number one. Like, oh, even we can't touch that. <laughs> exactly like guys you you, you want to be ballsy you want to make a statement put hendrix at like 30th <laughs> and stick your middle fingers up at the world <laughs> If you want to play these games play these fucking games guys yeah go in on it exactly
0: so hendrix was one chuck berry number two jimmy page of led zeppelin number three i'm not sure about that one I mean, Led Zeppelin is an enormously influential band. I've never been a big fan of Page's playing. He's a he's kind of a sloppy player. He's got a weird tone, and but and that's just me and my taste and
1: my preferences. I don't know. Well, you know my feelings about Led Zeppelin, so I'm not going to disagree with you. <laughs> you and I have done panels on the unholy Trinity and oh, my yeah. controversial hot take is of the three Zeppelin with the weakest. So I'm not going to disagree with you on. This. Right.
0: Right. Number four, and I'm not going to go through the entire list. I just wanted to get to number four, Eddie Van Halen. Now it's also kind of a cliche to put Eddie Van Halen at the top, you know, but yeah. at the same time, and, you know, maybe it's a difference in awareness. Maybe when Hendrix was on the scene, I just was too young and I wasn't really aware of the cultural impact. But Eddie Van Halen, when that first Van Halen album came out, that was like dropping an atom bomb. It mm-hmm. changed everything, it changed the entire landscape of rock and roll, it changed the landscape of guitar playing. And a lot of that comes from. Eruption, that solo guitar piece that leads into basically an intro to another song, but that showed the level of playing that Eddie Van Halen had and guitar players everywhere sat around with their instruments and played that over and over and over and thought, how did he do this? I mean, it was, I remember it specifically. I remember buying that album and I remember every person I know. I remember in the press, I remember on television. It was everywhere. And Eddie, I think, is 100% deserving of a top five placement. And I just want to say that, you know, I'm not like arguing placement of every single person on this list. Ed Van Halen, that was a game changer in a way that almost nobody else was
1: you mentioned eruption and that's definitely a fuck off statement of virtuosity yeah you know 25 years later i was in a band in high school and we were centered around the fact that for a 15 year old our guitarist was absurdly good yeah and that was our statement piece was he could play eruption oh wow so we would start out we never actually played any shows between before we all started hating each other but we would kick off our rehearsals you know our planned set list with eruption you know Mm -hmm. he would have just come out play on his own played eruption was the vision and then as he was getting towards the end of it the rest of us would have walked on stage and just Mm -hmm. given him the spotlight to say this guy's amazing and the fact that You know, 25 years later, after eruption came out, teenage kids were using it as a statement piece, I think says everything you need to know.
0: Yeah. What are some of the other ones from the Rolling Stone list that you either liked or disliked as far as inclusion or placement?
1: I think Tom Morello is placed too high. Yeah. I kind of
0: agree with that. I love Morello. I think he's a phenomenal dude and I think hugely influential. And a great player, but maybe not number 18.
1: No. No. I think Gilmore May and Knopfler are all too low. Oh, I knew you would think that Knopfler was too low. Yeah, I mean he was in the somewhere in the 90s. Get get out of here, Rolling Stone. <laughs> get out of here. Knopfler is here. if you've ever seen Knopfler live, you know how good he is because everything he does, he plays finger style. Yeah. He doesn't use a pick. And good God, if you have seen fuller's solo band play Telegraph Road live, you would not place him in the in like the nineties. He would be top ten. And he is in my top ten.
0: Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Although although I knew he would be.
1: <laughs> I think um Eric Clapton is a phenomenal guitarist, but he's also mm-hmm. a trash bag of a human being. <clears throat> and so doesn't deserve a place on the list because of that.
0: Well, that's a big statement.
1: Yeah, I, I, I just don't want to give him any attention or credibility. He can fuck <laughs> off. Oh, I'm giving some hot takes
0: today. I'm, I'm, you, I'm, you are wound up, buddy.
1: I love it. What else? Uh, I might actually bump John Mayer higher. I, yeah, I don't I think agree. he's top ten, but I, no. I think he's probably somewhere in the forties on my list, maybe the thirties. Yeah. Uh, he's a
0: great guitar
1: player, and hugely like soulful
0: and just emotive. And I love his playing and similar is and I don't he's like way down on the list. But Keith Urban, because you just think of Keith Urban as like a pop country kind of guy. But when you hear him play, Jesus, he's good. And there was a there was a special on TV that had john Mayer and keith urban and they sort of like did a long bluesy kind of thing where they just traded licks and it was mesmerizing so i would have both of them a little higher on the list
1: i don't think kurt cobain deserves a place on the list i thought that was kind of strange i uh, again another hot take that i have been saying for 20 odd years is eh, i i i think it's not because he's great i think it's because he's dead
0: well i mean he did get a lot of the accolades while he was still alive and the impact that he had was while he was still alive so
1: i i do wonder though if he had not taken his life and nirvana had carried on if the legacy would be anything what it is yeah
0: yeah that's a good point that's a possibility
1: i'm gonna put buckingham with clapton In that he's a trash human being and doesn't deserve any attention.
0: Now, I don't know if I can go along with that. I mean, he's not a great guy, not a great guy, but I am going to separate the person from the playing and they both deserve on the list as far as I'm concerned. And Buckingham is a unique player and has a a style and a, a talent that nobody else has. And I would put him higher. Because he's 110, which is not bad. Yeah, you know, and here's
1: I, I, I'm apparently in a salty mood today. You you know, normally I say you can't, you can separate yes. the art from the artist in all but the most egregious yes. circumstances. Uh, I guess today I'm just feeling salty about something. And so taking it out on them. I think as, as players, they deserve their placement and potentially deserve to be a little higher. I mm-hmm. just think they're terrible people. Well, Stevie would
0: agree with you on one of those, at
1: least.
0: <laughs> but speaking about placement, you know, I, I was, as I said, I'm not too worried about placement on the list. However, there is one that I do question. And that is since we're talking about Lindsey Buckingham, he's at number 110. And another of my absolute favorites, Nancy Wilson is 103. Now I don't think Nancy should be higher than Lindsey Buckingham. I mean, I love Nancy and the fact that she influenced an entire generation of women guitar players is enormous. But the technical ability, the, the, the songwriting, the feel, everything of Buckingham is should not be that low and should not be under Nancy Wilson. That's just crazy to me.
1: I mean, Slash is under Nancy Wilson. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Very close in placement. I'm not trashing Nancy.
0: I think she is. She really is a great player. But there's just a difference in the world that they exist in, I think.
1: And I honestly wish that Rolling Stone had said, you know, maybe with the exception of the top 10, the placement doesn't matter. Yes. Because I feel like what they have done is they have tried to get a balance of gender as well as race.
0: Yes, without and make sure
1: there's a lot of representation. The problem is when you actually rank them, if you're using that as a criteria, I feel like you're really screwing over the integrity of actually ranking them based on ability, influence, etc. cetera. Mm-hmm. Because that shouldn't come into that. So I think what they should have done is rather than ascribe numbers, had a numberless list and say, these are who we think are the 250 best. There yes. is no actual ranking here and i think this would have been a much more you know just put it alphabetical or something
0: that's and exactly it's... what i was going to say i'm glad you mentioned that yeah
1: that said steve jones get out of here he doesn't <laughs> He he's not well <laughs> well the sex pistols were you know undoubtedly a hugely influential yes. band yeah i don't think it was the guitar playing that made them so Yes, I think it was the attitude and the shock factor and the fact that no one else was out and out saying, you know, this is who we are. This is what we stand for. Anarchy in the UK. Fuck you. (laughs) It it had very little to do with the actual guitar playing. So, oh, no,
0: I mean, they could barely play instruments.
1: Yeah. Top 250. Get out of here.
0: Yeah, I agree. And there's a whole, I have a whole list of people that aren't on the list that he doesn't even stack up against. So right. Um, I want to, I'm to go back up a little higher on the list and I want to ask you about number 13 and that's IOMI. What do you think about that placement? Do you think that, I mean, obviously he deserves the list, but is 13 too low, too high? What is it?
1: Look, Tony IOMI, I don't care what people say about deep purple, about Led Zeppelin, about Iron Butterfly, or even Mm -hmm. the Kinks or the Beatles. Tony Iommi invented heavy metal. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That sound that almost every metal band since has taken influence from Mm -hmm. started with that first Black Sabbath album.
0: Yes. And that first track. Nothing, nothing was as huge and game changing as that first
1: track and so i think that's low i think if you're talking influence i would argue he's more influential than jimmy page i would argue he's probably up there with hendrix in terms of influence he's a he's not a virtuoso player but he was never meant to be right you know he's not randy rhodes in terms of sheer technical ability but holy shit uh, you know his ability to craft a rift that is just so utterly doom laden he's so good at that and again every metal band since has taken influence from that sound Mm -hmm. so 13th I feel that's a bit low interesting you know what one of the things that this list
0: does and there's only I don't think there's that many examples of it and that is guitar duos And they do a great job of capturing the fact that two guitar players that work in tandem are, you know, a unique and important factor in in what we hear in rock music. And they have a few really good examples of it. Now, at number 23, Hetfield and Hammett, I don't really think of them as a guitar duo. They're a lead player and a rhythm player, just like every other band has.
1: And I was actually watching Metallica documentary during the week while I was working I had it on in the background and it was Mm -hmm. interesting because it was talking about the recording of I think it was load and reload and how Hetfield went out of the studio for a bit for I don't know family reasons or something and while he was away Hammett laid down some rhythm for the first time ever Mm, yeah you know they they really did operate in a very uh, up until that period of the band in a strict vacuum of one is the lead one is the rhythm and i feel like when they were doing that they both had very distinct roles but you never had one without the other yeah so i can buy that i can buy hetfield and hammett as a duo um i think the one i struggle with a bit when i think radiohead and i'm not The world's biggest radiohead fan but i do enjoy them so i'm going to caveat this but i don't think of ed o'brien ever with radiohead i think johnny greenwood so i would question them as a duo coming in at 43rd
0: yeah that's a good point i hadn't thought about that
1: and i would also question adrian smith and dave murray from iron maiden at at, um at 83rd yeah because i think dave murray not dave murray i think adrian smith's best work as a guitar player came outside of Iron Maiden and outside of working with Dave Murray. Mm-hmm. I think you know those duos are when they are virtually inseparable. Yes. That's the place for that. I, I would argue um, Tipton and Downing while well, they don't was work just gonna, together anymore.
0: Yes, I was just gonna say that very thing. I think that's one of the things that I think of as a guitar duo.
1: Yeah, and you listen to something like The Sentinel yeah. Where they literally trade off solos and it's ridiculous. They are literally dueling against each other with their yeah. guitars and it's so good.
0: And they they're placed on this list at 219. Yeah, get out of here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> get out of here. And when we get into our personal top tens, I think you can tell mine is going to be very uh heavy on uh white dudes who play hard rock and heavy metal. Uh, So I'm definitely one of the ones that they really wanted uh, to not be listened to.
0: Yeah, you're part of the problem. I am. (laughs) Since I'm looking at that part of the list, um, 219 is where Tipton and Downing are. 216 is Steve Hackett. Mm -hmm. And I think that's an interesting placement. And I think that... I'm not sure. He, as a solo artist, I think you see a lot more of what he does as a guitar player, but, you know, most people think of him as a member of Genesis. And I think as a member of Genesis, he adds so much color and so much virtuosity and his compositional skill is there. And I think that he is just a genius player. I'm not saying that he needs to be higher than 216. I think that is low. But, you know, I don't care. He's on the list, and that's the important thing to me.
1: Uh, yeah, it does feel a bit low to me. Even his work with Genesis. I mean, you oh, watch yeah. those videos where he's playing a double-headed guitar, you know, a 16-string and a 6-string, and just his sheer ability to switch between the two. And There's that shepherdson video that was recently remastered into 4K. Yeah. And, you know, he's not strutting his stuff he's never been that kind of flare player he's he exactly. sits there he's a bit like Fripp he sits that who I also think is placed too low on this yes agreed. but he sits there and he just does what he does damn well mm-hmm. and yeah I think he's probably a bit low on this that solo of
0: his in the outro of uh Firth of fifth is so <sighs> a- a- astoundingly good and everything that he does in suppers ready
1: just yeah. blows my mind he is just I-, I think he's amazing i mean candidly what everyone does in suppers ready is just ridiculous well that's true that's true and that's part of the thing is that he is part of a unit
0: where everyone is a virtuoso
1: right and, you know, the ability to do that entire apocalypse in nine, eight section. Oh, my God, just get out of here. No one can do that. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's my apparent, uh, phrase of this episode is get out of here. Apparently,
0: <laughs> um, number 229, somebody that I'm wholly unfamiliar with, and that is Barbara Lynn and from reading up on her, she was a sixties R and B singer songwriter. Which I think is really great that one of the things that I've liked about this list is that it introduced me to people that I don't know and might not have ever been exposed to before. So I'm looking forward to going and looking up some of Barbara Lynn's stuff and see what she's like, see what her songwriting is, see what her guitar playing is like. I'm I'm very much looking forward to diving into that. But one of the things that it made me think of, and that is, you know, the inclusion of African American artists on this list which I think they do a great job of representing here. Mm -hmm. There's a couple that I immediately thought of, um, that may have been at least at the time that they were active, had more success were more prominent on the scene than maybe Barbara Lynn was. I don't know. I'll have to go back and do more research about Barbara Lynn, but there was a band in the seventies in the disco era called taste of honey. And they were led by two women, Janice Marie Johnson, who was a bass player and Hazel Payne, who was a guitar player. And first of all, in disco, you didn't see a lot of instrumentalists. It was all vocalists with a backing band. So these ladies were right up front, but they were also really good players. And I would have more been interested in seeing them on the list then maybe Barbara Lynn but then again once i learn more about Barbara Lynn maybe i'll change my opinion on that but i think those taste of honey ladies i mean i remember the songs you know they had a couple of hit songs in the 70s and i thought okay well this this is okay but i saw them on tv and then i found out that the the two ladies weren't just the vocalists that they were the instrumentalists who were leading the band and they were really good. I was so impressed with their playing. So I think that they should have maybe been included here.
1: I do think there has there were some interesting choices that were made in the name of diversity to some extent. Mm-hmm. And I want to be careful because yes. I realize I am a straight white guy saying that. <laughs> um, one who I do think should have been flat out excluded again for being a fucking terrible human being. Oh, I know who is. Ike yes, Ike Turner. I know. I, I, I thought about that. I can rationalize the two I previously mentioned, uh, Clapton and Buckingham, yes. a lot more easily than I can Ike Turner. Mm-hmm. And the thing that comes back to haunt me is that quote about him justifying himself and saying i never laid a hand on her before we were married dude yeah that's not okay yeah yeah just that's when i'm very very uncomfortable with being on here yes and you know i talked about
0: that whole thing separating the art from the artist i don't think in that case i I would be willing to do it i i do think he is trash and i do think that He should just be, you know, forgotten from the conversation.
1: It comes down to what I said earlier about how egregious it was. Yeah. And I think someone like Buckingham, there's a very strange, weird narrative around him. Mm -hmm. You know, the fact that he was pretty shitty to Stevie for a long time, and yet she was still willing to work with him. Mm Mm-hmm whereas you know i think there's a lot going on there in that relationship that we as the general public are not privy to yeah i don't see that level of complexity with ike right uh, his, his pace seems a lot more straightforward to me and just again yes no yes no he shouldn't be here
0: african americans on the list yes number 233 her dude she is amazing. I don't know her. Really?
1: Yeah. So that's someone I need to look into. Yes.
0: Yes. She is a powerhouse, not just as a guitarist, but as a songwriter, as a performer, as just a presence on the scene. And she like kind of came out oh. of nowhere. Like all of a sudden she was everywhere and, and deservedly so. Yes, she is. Um, And deservedly so, because she is just, she is a genuine talent. She is just phenomenal. I need to look her up because
1: I feel like so much of the modern music scene is not guitar driven. And so to have a, a young African-American woman making guitar driven R and B in 2023 is really different and interesting. So yeah, thank you for that tip. I will definitely look her up. Oh yeah. Yeah. She
0: is She is something else, man. I just love her. I'm, I'm a fan. I want to go to the illustration that they used as sort of their cover image for this, because I think it's very, very interesting because you have a, a, a wide range of people on this list and some of the ones that you would expect to be featured in this image, like Hendrix and Eddie are not there. Right. And who is front and center, the big image right at the middle of this collage, and that is Yvette Young. Mm-hmm. And now, she started, she kind of came up as a YouTube sensation and has since formed a band called Covet. And she is unbelievable. She plays guitar like a virtuosic piano player plays a piano she's sort of on the Eddie Van Halen level as far as innovating and and doing something that nobody else can do and first of all on the list she's kind of low I mean she's on the list so that's important she's kind of low on the list and I think that's okay because she's still young she's still very much early in her career and I think she has a lot of influence to come But I'm going to say featuring her as the centerpiece of this collage of this uh, of this image is a big statement.
1: Yeah. And I think what's really interesting about this collage. And again, having her front and center is the statement here is diversity. Yes, it is. Absolutely this is this is making a statement about this list it absolutely is
0: this is advertising to you this is what you're going to expect exactly this is not a this is not a straight white guy list
1: which is gonna rub a lot of people up the wrong way immediately because people make the assumption you know it must be those classic and Mm -hmm. hard rock and heavy metal virtuosos which i will admit is where my mind immediately goes as well yes because that's what i mostly listen to mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you know you've got you've got prince there you've got sister rosetta thorpe you've got yes. santana yes right You, it, it's a very diverse
0: group and and diverse in terms of style and and genre oh, absolutely. as much as Cause you've got people from different nationalities, different styles of music. It's just as diverse musically as it is culturally.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely.
0: And so I absolutely applaud them on this. And I think that this image says so much about what this list is going to be. Once you start reading down the list. Yvette Young is number 155 on the list. So she's kind of middling, you know, and I think that it's interesting to feature her as the centerpiece of this image when she is. I mean, she's not top 10. She's not top 50, you know, anything like that. I just think it's an interesting statement that they're making here. Like she is the future of guitar playing almost. Yeah. And I don't disagree with that necessarily. I mean, she is She is a wunderkind, you know, she is just one of those prodigies that has a lot of talent, a lot of future. And I'm excited to see where she goes from here.
1: And I was reading up on her. And what's really interesting is she taught herself guitar by ear. She does not read music. And the result of that is kind of like what you saw with Hendrix, who also did not read music. Mm hmm. It's someone coming in and playing very unconventionally yeah, and doing it well. I mean, to your point, she's not someone I immediately think of, but I suspect in 30 years time, Mm -hmm. people are going to be talking about the amount of influence that she has had on guitar Mm -hmm. playing. I hope so.
0: I hope she really does have that kind of career and that kind of impact. Because she's she's just remarkable.
1: Yeah. Let's see. There was another one I wanted to touch on before we moved on. hmm Yes. So, uh, so someone I thought was also surprisingly low was uh, was Nita. Oh, yeah. 129th. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you watch her guitar playing, and she is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And again is she really lower than kurt cobain no of course not <laughs> of course not <laughs> of course not I mean, come on but i almost wonder whether the fact that she plays hard rock and and metal counted against her in this list right we've got yeah. some of the more obvious ones higher up you've got iomi you've got randy rhodes you've got morello and hetfield and Hammett, kind of all top 25. yeah i'm almost wondering if she was the victim of well we can't have too much of this style too high yes. up the list. No, I think that might
0: be absolutely the reason. I think that they are keeping every section of the list as different and diverse as possible.
1: Which again makes me think don't put rankings on these people. List them yes. alphabetically and just say these are who we think are the top 250. Yes. Done. It, it would be a lot harder to disagree with this list if they had done that. Agreed. But then
0: it doesn't get as many people talking.
1: <laughs> yeah which you know is kind of rolling stones mo these days oh of course. trying to stay relevant by being con- controversial yeah.
0: yeah there's a couple of other people that i really want to point out one of them came in at number 247 and that is ricky wilson of the b-52s first of all i'm surprised to see him on the list because i don't think that you know you don't think of the b-52s as a guitar band as a guitar driven band but ricky is no. such a gifted and inventive player and such a unique style. I mean, I I used to be in a band and we did some b52s covers and our guitar player is really good. And he was like, he struggled to figure out how Ricky did some of the stuff that he did. Because there's a lot of things that sound like it's two competing guitars. That's one guitar. And he was like, and one of them was private Idaho. And he's like, I don't know how the hell he did this. So, I'm very, very pleased to see him. Even if it's 247, I'm really pleased to see him on the list. Another one that I really want to mention, and that is number 177, and that is Rodrigo and Gabriela. They are two like Spanish flamenco guitar players, and they are oh, cool. ridiculous. They are so <laughs> incredible. And anybody who's not listened to them, go listen to them. They fucking flatten me every time i hear them they're just amazing
1: well i know what i'm listening to when we're done
0: because i don't know them good now they are outranked apparently by chrissy hind at number 172 which
1: just seems nuts to me i love chrissy i love chrissy but come on yeah anyway anyway. i know that there's some I like Jack White. I like his work with the White Stripes. I like yes. his work with the raconteurs. I like his solo work. Yes. 32 though. I, I, again, he's one I think is, a, is probably a better producer and a better songwriter than he is a guitarist.
0: Yeah. At the same time though, I think he had a huge impact. I think he had a, a big influence on a lot of people. And I think that he returned sort of like a, I don't know how to say it, like a, 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 a trashiness, and aggressiveness to guitar playing that had been missing for a while. You know, like he brought that to a new generation.
1: Yeah, you think of something like "Fell in Love with a Girl," which I think was their yeah. kind of breakout hit as the White Stripes, and it it's got that kind of punky edge. Yes, that kind of led that early two thousands garage rock revival. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can see maybe from an influence in his in his mm-hmm. playing, but. Again, this is where I keep coming back to placement. That just feels high to me. Sure. I get you.
0: I get you. One of them, Lindsay Jordan, the one that they mentioned in the intro to the article about being the youngest person on the list. I don't know anything about her. I'm looking forward to, I'm sure I've heard the. she's uh, plays in a band called Snail Mail. And I know that I've heard a song on Sirius XM. I don't remember what song it was that I heard, but I recognize that name as having heard a song on the radio. Um, So I need to go and look her up and look up snail mail and and uh, see what I can think about that, because she if she's that young and
1: up and coming, then I kind of want to know, you know, so I'm I'm going to say something that I could feel like I can only get away with while Rob's not here. but what is the with what is with the name of some of these indie rock bands these days i mean snail mail I've also heard dry cleaning you got yeah. real estate I, just oh <laughs> uh, guys those are not interesting band names no <laughs> they're just so boring yeah and I'm gonna really relish saying that again because rob's not here and I know he would he would get defensive on that <laughs>
0: Speaking of Rob, I know that he would be happy to see that Aaron Smith from Bratmobile is on the list. Yeah, because he's always on about the riot girl movement. And he's he's mentioned Bratmobile in two previous episodes. So I know that he would have some things to say about Aaron Smith being on the list. I know he'd be pleased by that.
1: Speaking of uh, women on the list, I'm a bit surprised to see Lizzie Hale on there. Are you really? yeah i like Hailstorm. i like Mm -hmm. her music Mm -hmm. i don't think she's that good as a guitarist though i mean i think she's good she can play Mm -hmm. she probably deserves her place on the list more than some of these uh yeah that i've previously mentioned but i don't know i when i think guitarist i think of her as more of front woman than guitarist yeah
0: again she can play
1: she's good but Mm -hmm. 250 i'm i'm not sure i would have put her up there that
0: makes sense um there's a couple that i found a, a little questionable as far as like highlighting them as a guitar player separate from being a singer songwriter and that's james taylor oh yeah deserving on a on this list i'm not really sure about that lou reed yeah now another one that i questioned but who actually is a really great guitar player, but it's not how you think of him. And that's Paul Simon. He he is a very good player. He's incredibly inventive as a songwriter and arranger. And I think that his playing is phenomenal, but I don't know because I've got a whole list of people that aren't on the list. And I don't know that I would put Paul on the list and not some of these other people, you know, I think I'd agree with that. All right. So, tell me i don't have a top 10 list i I didn't think to do that so i want to hear your top 10 list
1: as i mentioned that so i actually went through and i looked at placement of where theirs were versus my top 10 Mm -hmm. and i am going to take one duo as two spots even though they count duos as one and then i have one bubbling under who didn't make it on their list at all but who i really like uh I think they've ignored a certain segment of music. Uh, So the ones who I felt, in my opinion, were top 10, and I've mentioned most of these already, I feel like Knopfler is up there. They placed him 96th. Again, I talked about his style. He was ridiculous. Brian May, who they had at 33rd, again, Mm -hmm. just his sheer ability and not just from making his guitar wail but the man played god save the queen on top of buckingham palace for god's sake like there's a whole level of iconic in there along with his playing ability right and people think of queen and they think of freddie but i feel like brian may was just as much of an integral part of their sound as freddie was
0: i think all four of them were i think that i'm gonna say i think that all four of them are indispensable even though they are currently touring with a different vocalist and as a touring band it totally works
1: yeah would a record with adam lambert be any good though probably not
0: well maybe i don't know i would like for them to do it because at least it would be better than the one they did with
1: paul rogers yeah (laughs) um i I already mentioned tony iomi yeah he should be top 10 uh he's he's the closest one on my list to the top 10 but I feel like thirteen, unless they were deliberately going for the fact that the last record he played on was called Thirteen, having oh. him in thirteenth I feel is uh, a little yeah. disappointing. <laughs> I feel like Gilmore deserves to be higher than twenty eighth. I would put Gilmore in my top ten. No one can quite make a guitar cry. Oh my god! Like he can. Yeah. You know, you listen to that live version of "Comfortably Numb" from Pulse. Oh yeah, and that is possibly one of the greatest guitar solos of all time. Oh, man, so good. And what I always loved about Gilmore is, for him, it's not about sheer technical ability. It's about infusing his work with emotion. Mm-hmm. I think Fripp deserves to be top 10. They have him at 59th. Uh, yeah. Again, he, he was an innovator. He did some weird shit with the guitar. That's a I think he He invented an entire new tuning and method of playing around that tuning. I mean, he's stupidly good and a very intelligent albeit apparently quite difficult man <laughs> right <laughs> speaking of difficult men Uh-oh. another one i think i would put in my top 10 is blackmore
0: yeah they had him kind of low on the list 75th yeah that's really surprised me
1: yeah and i think you listen to i mean firstly he came up with one of the most iconic riffs of all time with Smoke on the Water. <laughs> right. <laughs> which, you know, is so overplayed that most guitar shops ban you from playing it when trying out a guitar. Absolutely. They as will they should. <laughs> but I think that attests to its longevity as a riff. Yeah. And then you listen to his soloing and his general work with uh, Deep Purple and then with Rainbow. hmm And he shows he can do everything from pop to effectively heavy metal i mean i would say significant parts of rainbow are metal yes so again he's one of those virtuosos who i think deserves a place Mm -hmm. i'm also going to put adrian smith up there uh without dave murray because i do think his best guitar work came actually on his uh work on bruce dickinson's solo albums you listen to accident of birth or the chemical wedding and those two albums are ridiculous and they really showcase how good he is as a guitar player, as a songwriter, just oof, oof, sexy. Mm-hmm. Just realizing my my top ten is entirely white dudes. Um <laughs> Pete Townsend, he's he's the oh, next one. Interesting. Yeah, I think his guitar work is really, really good.
0: Yeah. Always av- have and his songwriting. 10, but yeah, well, songwriting without a doubt.
1: Yeah. And influence. Yes. As well. Totally. You know, it's, it's a big sound that he has. And yeah. you listen to something like Stephen Wilson's Hand Cannot Erase, the track, not the album. Mm-hmm. And you hear the Townsend in that song. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's probably not where I would have drawn influence from. But equally, I'm not Stephen Wilson. Mm-hmm. I, I I will never be that good and that. Smart, but the way he does that is just, oh, it's really good. And again, I think shows how good Townshend is. Yeah. And my duo, and this is the lowest placed one from the Rolling Stones list, the mm-hmm. Rolling Stone list, it's KK Downing and Glenn Tipton. Yeah. You know, 219th. I don't, if you're going to name a duo. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better duo and it's no. such a shame that they can't stand each other anymore. I know. God, that just breaks my heart.
0: Yeah. Cause they were so great together. Yeah. And they, they were the propulsion behind that band. I feel like,
1: and they kept it going when Halford yeah. left, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Neither of them could write lyrics like Halford. So I think they struggled on that front without him, but yeah, you know, that Downing Tipton, duo mm-hmm. and the way they i already talked about it but the way they duel against each other it's yeah. just orgasmic
0: <laughs> yeah, i agree i agree and, is something else
1: and i am going to once again specifically call out that duel that they do on the sentinel yeah it's so good it so is good amazing and then this isn't top ten, but one who I felt deserved a look in but didn't is. And you're probably going to roll your eyes at me for this is Adam D from Killswitch. Engage. Oh, I would not because even have thought of that. Yeah. And I feel like the newer age of heavy metal is not represented at all on this list. No, and there are some it isn't. really, really innovative players. And yeah. Adam D really popularized the pinch harmonics. You listen to a kill, sh- kill switch track, and just, you know, they'll be like riff, 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 and suddenly, wow. <laughs> and I make it sound like a cat being strangled, but it sounds a lot better on the records. And that really was hugely, hugely influential to the entire metalcore genre. And then everything that has come since. You listen to bands now like. Um, hell, let's even say something like Periphery, they're getting a lot of influence from that. And Mm -hmm. I think it's kind of a shame because he actually did something a bit different with the guitar at a time when the metal scene was becoming very stagnant. Mm -hmm. Right? So I think metal at that time in the early 2000s, people were either trying to recycle the classic stuff or were fucking around with new metal. Mm -hmm. which, I mean, it's very easy to play a seven string with lots of zeros and ones. Whereas (laughs) I think Adam D came in and he he just, he mixed it up. And I think that really changed the scene. Mm -hmm. So I would have put him somewhere in the top 250. Okay. That's my hot take. Awesome. I like it. All right. So
0: I didn't put together a top 10 list, but I did put together a list of guitar players that I really like that should have been on the list and are not represented. And I can't understand why. Let's hear it. Um, There are a couple of classic country pickers that Mm. are enormously talented. And, and it's, it blows my mind that they are not on this list. And that is Glenn Campbell and Roy Clark. Now, Roy, a lot of times it's thought of more as a banjo player, but as a guitar player, both of them are phenomenal players and enormously influenced. And, you know, you think of Glenn particularly as a singer songwriter kind of guy. But when you hear him cut loose on a guitar, he is remarkable. Peter Frampton.
1: How do you make a what? Frampton wasn't on the list. No. I completely missed that. Yeah, he should be on there. How do you make a
0: list like this without Peter Frampton? Yeah. That blows my mind.
1: I do want to hold when you said country, I did wonder if you were going to mention Waylon Jennings. No, but that's a good point. That is a
0: that's a good entry. I think maybe he should be there too. Yeah. I think I think Glenn and Roy are two of the best guitar players that have ever lived on the planet. So I would I agree. Think that I think that they definitely need to be on this list. Um, Ace Frehley, say what you want. He's kind of a, he's kind of in the Jimmy Page plant as being a, a flashy, but sloppy player. And, but he, without any question influenced an entire generation of new guitar players. Mm -hmm. Nobody, I don't think from that era had that, the influence that he did. Yorma Kalkinen from Jefferson Airplane, um, a bluesy player. He also played in a, he and Jack Cassidy, the bass player, also formed a blues band called Hot Tuna. And he is just incredible, mostly as a feel player, not necessarily as a technical like whiz, but God, he's amazing. A jazz dude, George Benson. Holy shit. How do you not have George Benson on your list? The first George Benson song I ever heard was and this was going back a long way when I was just a kid. And it was the, the big thing on the radio. And that is on Broadway. Holy shit. I still love that song so much. And I love George's playing a more recent dude. Joe Bonamassa.
1: Oh, yeah. Huge, huge. Yeah, he uh, and not just his solo work, but also the work he did with Black Country Communion. Yes, so he's one hell of a player. Yes. Yes,
0: exactly. Um, Another jazz guy, Alan Holdsworth. I, you know, I'm not I'm not a huge jazz guy. I don't know a lot of jazz, but I know Alan Holdsworth. And I know Alan Holdsworth needs to be on this list. And even if I didn't know, as I was kind of doing a little research around this topic, I came up with so many guitar players who are on the list, giving their reactions to the list. And they said, how the hell do you not have Alan Holdsworth on your list? Yeah. So even if I don't know that he needs to be there, the guitar players who are on the list know that he needs to be there. Ingve Momstein,
1: Yeah. Classically
0: yeah, trained, uh, a virtuoso in every sense of the word. Just incredible.
1: He's a huge miss. And I do wonder if perhaps his, uh, his personality might have been a factor there. <laughs>
0: i don't know i mean they've got some personalities on the list that, that yeah you that's true i mean if, you,
1: if you've got ike turner you can <laughs> have me <Inge>. exactly
0: <laughs> um neil sean of journey yeah i know when you think of journey you think of pop songs and and they kind of get laughed off but he is a remarkable player and he was in santana before he was in journey and when he formed journey They sounded a lot more Santana ish, and they did a lot of stuff that was like asymmetric time signatures and all this kind of stuff. Um, He's a remarkable player. Tom Schultz of Boston, influential. I mean, as more maybe as a studio musician, he really changed a lot of how uh, studios work. He's just a brilliant mind. Steve Morse from um, oh, yeah, Dixie Dregs and Kansas and a number of other places uh, Deep just. To be, uh, uh, yeah, of course, Deep Purple. Um, this guy. OK, well, I'm going to save him for last. Um, and then Rick Emmett <laughs> from Triumph, um, who is another classical player. He plays rock. He can play. Uh, he every Triumph album has a classical solo piece that he puts. I mean, he is just a remarkable player. But then the one that I was most surprised by, he's considered the father of Bossa Nova. And that is Antonia Carlos Jobim. Just an enormously talented guy and hugely influential. And if nothing else, go and listen to the 1967 album that he and Frank Sinatra recorded together. Unbelievable. Hmm. Unbelievable. So those are my picks for the ones that should have been on the list. And I know there's a million more because I've seen like some some guys did some like YouTube reactions to these things. And one of them was like the hundred guitar players that should have been on the list. And I'm like, well, that's a bit much, <laughs> yeah. So I've got like 14 that's plenty, but I think that all of those are without a doubt should have been on this list.
1: Do you think buck Dharma deserves a place? Mm, I hadn't even thought about that. I don't know. I, I don't uh, know. I, I'm not quite sure either. I, yeah. I like his playing. I do too, but see top two hundred and fifty. I've I've been toying with that one. Interesting.
0: I don't know. I think I think that after I put these fourteen names on and took off some of the other ones, I don't know that Buck would quite make my list. Yeah, and that's nothing. That's not to denigrate his playing or anything like that. He's a great player. I love him. I don't know. I don't think I would actually include him. I hope he doesn't listen to this and get insulted or anything.
1: Actually, buck, if you did
0: listen to this i'd be so happy
1: <laughs> buck if you're listening we'd love to have you on come and uh defend yourself so yes tell us yep. why you should be on the list right on all right well
0: that's it man that wraps up our take on rolling stone's top 250 guitar players
1: so to summarize rolling stone being controversial because that's the only way people Pay attention to them these days. And the other takeaway we had was it should have been not ranked, it should have been alphabetical.
0: I thought you were going to say, to summarize, Rolling Stone can fuck off.
1: I mean, that too. Get out of (laughs) here. Get out of here, Rolling Stone. (laughs) Go home, Rolling Stone. You're drunk.
0: (laughs) All right. We're going to take a super quick break. We'll be right back with our picks of the week. So don't go anywhere. Hey, Leah. Hey, Sean. You know what now is a good time for? What's that? A promo for the Soul Forge podcast. The Soul Forge? What's that? Oh, it's a show. It's a podcast all about sex and dating. Love and relationships. Pop culture and movie reviews.
1: Adventure.
0: Almost anything you can think
1: of. Definitely. What is it? The Soul Forge.
0: The Soul Forge podcast. Think about it. We're back. So... Anthony, have you been listening to nothing but Killswitch Engage again this
1: week? No, no, I've been diversifying this week. Excellent. Uh, what's, what's been on your ears this week? So Stephanie always talks about my musical 180s. Yes. And uh, after weeks and weeks of Killswitch Engage, I've been listening to Olivia Rodrigo this week. Dude, I love her. Yeah, I I was very surprised by her. Um, and particularly her new album which is a lot more kind of rocky than i was expecting yeah her first album i think was predominantly piano driven with the exception of good for you which is a stone cold banger <laughs> and i don't buy that paramore that it ripped off paramore yeah yeah um but yeah she's been really good and also i've watched the musician mansion series that jared Dines put together on youtube which oh, is oh yes i've been meaning to watch that and i haven't yeah, yet he, he brought 15 mus uh, 15 music youtubers together and had them form three bands and work on a number of challenges and a you're seeing some of those personalities which are just very very silly i <laughs> one of the bands they're clearly they give zero fucks and they actually win a couple of challenges because i think they're like we're just going to do what we're going to do and just do the most ridiculous thing possible so it's really entertaining but one of the bands that came together which was sky limit which is uh lauren babich andrew Boehner, sophie burrell bradley hall and dylan roy they're actually really good given they had like four hours to write a song their song a place you'll never find is excellent Hmm. And that kind of turned me on to looking up some of Lauren Babich's other stuff, because she's an insane vocalist who can go from cleans to growls very much in the same way that Alyssa White Glaz can do. And she's done some really good stuff. She's got a really fun cover of Lady Gaga's Telephone, where she uh, growls Beyonce's part, which oh, is gosh. really, really fun. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just excellent. So that kind of led me down a rabbit hole with some of these guys. Uh, that entire show, and it's it's just a lot of fun. So highly recommend that. Cool. And those are my picks of the week. Awesome. Okay, so we're recording this on
0: November nineteenth, and I'm saying that because I'm kind of putting a time frame on what I'm talking about here. Because just two days ago, that album that everybody has been waiting for came out, and that is Rockstar by Dolly Parton. And yes, I dove in to the hype. And I got in on the on the bandwagon, because I I love Dolly, come on. And Mm -hmm. I was just curious to know what it was going to be like. So I started diving into it it, without realizing that it is 30 fucking songs. So this album is two and a half hours long. And that is a bit much. I'm just gonna say it does not need to be all that. However, I'm going to say that um, it's a mix of original tunes and covers, and most every track has a guest artist on it. If it's a cover, it's almost always someone associated with the track that she's covering, either a singer or a guitar player or something. Um, But she also has guests on most of the originals. Now there are like nine or 10 new tracks that Dolly has written for this album. So basically this is a new Dolly Parton album with 20 bonus tracks and it's mostly quite good. I've got to say, I'm, i really enjoyed listening to it. Her version of Purple Rain is so damn good. I mean, it's different in, in tone and in style from Prince's original. It's a bit more, I don't want to say gospel. It's not that. It's it's, you know, almost a straight cover, but it's just the slant that she puts on it gives it a little bit different spin. But it's so good. I mean, she just rises to the occasion on that song. And she sounds great every song that she's doing here. And there's a few highlights. I mean, there's some that I just don't think I would ever go back and listen to. There is you know, of course, she does one with the Metal God.
1: Oh, Rob Halford. Right. Yeah, Bygones. Yeah. That's a great track.
0: It's okay. Bygones that she does with uh, Rob Halford, the Metal God, is okay. I-, I don't think it's that great a song. She's got some other new songs on here that I think are much better than that, but he, it just, it's just perfect to hear the two of them together. One of the highlights on the album is a Stevie Nicks song that she wrote in the 70s, When she was in Fleetwood Mac and wrote about a a affair that she was having with a very, very rich fellow rock star, which I'm thinking has got to be Don Henley from the Eagles. That's got to be him, but she's never recorded it. And so she and Dolly do it. So basically that's another original for this album. But, you know, it's, it's an okay one. The only one that I think doesn't really fit is, and of course it's her goddaughter or whatever it is, but Miley Cyrus and wrecking ball because everything else is very classic rock oriented and then you've got wrecking ball and it's you know it's okay but it's a it's a fun album it's enjoyable the only one i i gotta say there's this one called i dreamed about elvis it is terrible not only is the song not good (laughs) and dolly i love you and and like i said every other original on here is either you know good or it's great this one is just awful. And it's got a Elvis impersonator doing Elvis as part of the song. No, mm. it is so awful. Mm. And then after two and a half hours of this album, the last track is 11 minutes of Freebird. No, thank you. I don't want to hear Freebird at any time on any occasion. But after two and a half hours of an album, I don't want to hear another 11 minutes of that
1: yeah yeah it's a bit overdone you know just wanted to touch on what you're saying about wrecking ball yeah i think that could have been made to fit a bit better i've heard some metal covers of that in the past and there's no reason that that song couldn't have been given a makeover to sonically fit with other tracks on the album not not in the metal way but to give it more of a classic rock sound yeah so it's a shame that they didn't do that Mm hmm.
0: All right. That's our picks of the week. So we will be back next week and we are coming up on the end of our second year. So the next three shows we have are going to be special ones. And we got two returning guests. The first one next week, we have Mr. Gary Clark, who you'll remember we interviewed last year. And he has a new movie that's out called Flora and Son. And We're going to have another chat with Mr. Clark, and it is going to be amazing. And also, next week, we hit our second anniversary. So, we are celebrating our second anniversary by having Mr. Clark, who was one of our favorite guests from last year, on again. So, we're very much looking forward to that. So, hope you'll join us. Everybody, take care. Have a great week. Keep rocking on. And by all means, let us know what you thought about this episode about the guitar list about our reactions to the guitar list and where you agree or disagree with us please let us know we'll read them out on the next episode all right everybody take care have a great week and we'll see you soon get out of here this has been a broadcast of the ESO network be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO patreon or by shopping for the Tea Public store, which can all be found
1: at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network,
0: your station for all things geek.